All right, it's Pentecost. We're, we're, this is the aim for tonight. We are going to, well, you're thinking the aim is to eat. We're, yes, we are going to feast. We are going to feast and celebrate. But what I want to do is I want to remember and I want to rediscover the wonder. That's what I want to do when it comes to Pentecost. I want to remember what it is that God has done throughout the area, what it is we are here to celebrate. And I want us to be happy about that. I, I want us to, to get past the, oh yes, I know this happened, and just be like, yes, that is unbelievable. Sometimes I just forget how incredible this really is. Recapture the wonder. That's, that's my aim for tonight, and specifically on what happened on this day throughout the, throughout the uh, millennia. So in case you're new here or, or um, haven't been around in previous Pentecosts, basically, in the days of Moses, somewhere around 3,500 years ago, in the, in the days of Moses, God set out his calendar. He set out his calendar, and in that calendar, he selected seven, seven specific days in three seasons. So there's three specific days, one specific day, three specific days. Like in, in three clumps, seven specific days, and he commanded the exact day certain things were to be celebrated and certain things were to be remembered and certain things were to, were to take place on. So in, in the Old Testament days, we, we see that in Moses' day that he, he ascribes meaning and, and aspects and of celebration aspects to each of these seven days. But when we get to the New Testament and we start reading about Jesus and ultimately what Jesus accomplished and we get into the book of Acts and then all the way through the book of Revelation, we start realizing that those seven days that God set out in the days of Moses, they had their Old Testament meetings, but also that God had intended and fulfilled on those same exact days something bigger than their Old Testament meaning, something connected to his greatest salvation events. So the one that we're most familiar with is Easter. Most churches uh, are, are familiar with this, and, and, uh, and Jesus is crucified. Uh, we call Good Friday. The Jewish people would say Passover. He was crucified on Passover, the first of the, of the Feast of Seven of seven of them. Then on the, then he was in the ground during unleavened bread when the Jewish people are praying for life out of the earth. And then on the, the third of that time is, is first fruits. And that's when Jesus is raised to life on, on, uh, on first fruits. So you, you see on those exact same days that Moses had set aside 1,500 years earlier for, for celebrating the exodus out of Egypt, we see one of the, the first most major epic salvation connected event the death burial and resurrection of Jesus uh, of Nazareth so that one we're most familiar with um, the second we're now in the second the single one that's by itself and that's and that's what we we tend to think of as as Pentecost and then there's a three festival one in the autumn trumpets and and day of atonement and tabernacles and we'll celebrate that later uh, in the year, in October, October 20th, another next feast. Okay, so, um, but when it comes to Passover and, and the second feast, the churches maybe that you grew up in, definitely the church I grew up in, had, uh, don't talk much about this. Um, in fact, we did, I kind of learned this whilst uh, Rehope has been, been happening in, in this, but for this day, we, we tend to think of it as Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the birthday of the church, the day that the Holy Spirit comes and, and the church was born. 
But it's a much older holiday. It's a much older celebration, a day that God had specifically set apart 1,500 years earlier through the prophet Moses. Uh, and, and on that day, uh, this is one of the things, this is one of the things we read about on that day. And these feasts are written about all through the first five books of, of the Bible. But in De Deuteronomy chapter six, we learn this about this particular day, this day. Deuteronomy chapter 16. You are to count seven weeks, counting the weeks from the time the sickle is first put to the standing grain. You are to celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God with a freewill offering that you give in proportion to how the Lord your God has blessed you. Rejoice before Yahweh your God in the place where he chooses to have his name dwell. You, your son and daughter, your male and female slave, the Levite within your gates, as well as the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow among you. Okay, so when, when Moses said this out, it's definitely a harvest celebration. It's connected to the harvest. It's a day to bring in free will offerings, uh, special free will offerings, and it's a day to rejoice. Those are the three things that we see in, in Deuteronomy. Free will offering day, harvest day, and a day to rejoice. So today is a rejoicing day. And you're like, I don't, I don't really feel like rejoicing. My life is hard, and I just got all these things going on. Okay, great. Put it aside. Today is a day to rejoice and, and to celebrate. It's time to lift our eyes above, above the moment and to, to focus on what Jesus has done, what is accomplished for our salvation. It's a celebration day, a day of intentional rejoicing uh, in, in God. So um, if, if that is all that is behind this Old Testament um, version of the celebration— then great, that, we would have seen the fulfillment of that in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit comes and we see 3,000 people being saved, where the great harvest of God's salvation begins. And, and we can see that fulfilled and, and yeah, salvation unfolding for, for the, 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 age, the age of the church. Now, that would be great. Uh, there, there's more though. Uh, it's it's interesting, we don't read this from the, the pen of Moses, but during Jesus' day for sure, and in the 500 years leading up to Jesus' day, we know as a fact because of the Dead Sea Scrolls and, and, uh, and the documents about this day of celebration, we know that on this day, at least in that era, the, the, the Jewish nation was gathering at what we're calling Pentecost. It's the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot. It was they were gathering to celebrate the, the receiving of the word of God. They're, they're, they're receiving of the Ten Commandments of God. They're celebrating that this is the time where uh, God, they'd received uh, the Ten Commandments. So one of the things that we're doing today, and one of, the, one of the reasons to celebrate today, is we're celebrating the wonder of God writing the Ten Commandments. We're celebrating the, the, the wonder of, of God writing the Ten Commandments. Now, if you're thinking like, okay, today, on this day, is this the day that God gave the Ten Commandments? This day? I mean, what are the chances? Well, 365. Actually, less, 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 less than that. But is this the exact day? I, I don't know. When it comes to this part of the, the Exodus story arriving at Mount Sinai and, and specifically which, what is happening on one specific day, it gets a little bit wobbly there, a little, a little bit uncertain, but it's right around this time. 
It, it, could, it could very well have been this time. Uh, you can't say that it wasn't. Uh, you can't necessarily say that, you, you, that it was, but you know that in, for hundreds and hundreds of years, the Jewish people were convinced that this was also that day, that, that uh, they'd received the, the Ten Commandments of God. When I was thinking about the Ten Commandments and, and, here, and, and this celebration of receiving the written word of God, the written, the written commandments of God, I asked myself, okay, in the Bible, are the ten, is this moment, the, the Ten Commandments moment, is this the first thing that we find out is written in the Bible? Like, is this the first thing that God commanded, written, or that, that, that was written there? And the answer to that is no, no. See, uh, actually, so never in Genesis do we see God said, write this down, Abraham, or write this down, Joseph. We don't see that. The first time we see that is in Exodus, getting close to the Ten Commandments, but God, the first thing that we see God say, write this down, or, or Moses say, and I wrote this down, or something like that, the first thing that we see is a single sentence that God commands Moses to write down. Now, you would think this is going to be a pretty epic sentence. God says, write this down. First time in the Bible, this is that sentence. I, says God, I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. That's it. <laughs> That's the first thing God says, write down. So write that down, give it to Joshua. Basically, stick, Joshua, take this note, uh, take this post-it. That, that's the first thing that God ever commands written. The second thing is probably the Ten Commandments. And, 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 and basically what happens with the Ten Commandments is, I, I, maybe you, you've been tracking this through, but the Ten Commandments show up a couple different times. First of all, God speaks them from the mountain. Remember? The nation is gathered. He speaks them, and then, God, and then Moses writes it down. And then he, Moses goes up and he gets the, those things that God spoke on stone tablets, and then he smashes them, and then he goes up and gets them a, a third, third time. It, it shows up a few times. But, the, but when it comes to the first time with the Ten Commandments and writing down, God, Moses, or starting in Exodus 20, God starts speaking from the mountain. He gives the Ten Commandments, and then he speaks a lot of things. And at the end of those chapters, it says Moses wrote them down. So it's possible that the Ten Commandments were like this, were part of the first like real bit. Not, not that that one sentence isn't a real bit, okay, but that it was for Joshua. Uh, when it comes to the, 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 be, the main beginning of God's written revelation. So, sorry. <coughs> okay, not enough smoking. Okay, so um, Pentecost. So Pentecost uh, wasn't necessarily about ce celebrating the first words of God ever written, uh, but within 30 days of that moment, for sure. But it was about receiving the Ten Commandments, and actually specifically what they're thinking of is receiving the Ten Commandments, the ones that were written on stone by the finger of God. Back up for a second. By the finger of God. Like, our, sometimes we just read over that. Sometimes we just read over that. But can you, when we're, today, as we're celebrating, we're celebrating, we're trying to recapture the wonder of the moment that, that God shows up and, and hands these stone tablets that, that written by his own hand. Wow. I mean, picture this. Picture this. Moses, and it, the story starts off with Moses and the 70 elders and, and the priests, and, and they, they go and they see God. Okay, we just read past that one, right? 
They go and they see God. And, and this is what we read in Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Those are the older two sons. They get struck down, and we're more familiar with Eliezer and, and Phinehas. But Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70, elders of, 70 of Israel's elders. And they saw the God of Israel. Wow. Beneath his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire stone. Wow. As clear as the sky itself. God did not harm the Israelite nobles. They saw him and they ate and drank. Can you even imagine? Like that, that should be one of those like moments in the Bible you're like what just in spit like that it's just like such a such a such an amazing moment and then from that context Moses goes up onto the mountain with Joshua to receive the Ten Commandments and, and we read that in just, just a few verses later when Moses went up the mountain the cloud covered it just picture this incredible moment the glory of the Lord settled on, the, on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he, God, called to Moses from the cloud. The appearance of the Lord's glory to the Israelites was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. Just what an amazing moment. Moses and, and Joshua, they're on this mountain which is covered by this cloud and in, in the midst of this, this consuming fire, this thing just appears like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. The, the, the receiving of, 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 the, of the Ten Commandments written by the, the finger of God wasn't just like a, a spiritual great moment for Moses and maybe Moses and Joshua. The whole nation is looking at a mountain as if it is consumed with fire and this cloud. And Moses sits in that for six days. And on the seventh day, God starts speaking. Now a side note. Sometimes you might feel that if, if God isn't speaking to you, that he must not be close. Sometimes you feel like if you're not hearing from God, that he must not be paying attention. But look at this. For six days, Moses is in the consuming fire presence of God and God isn't saying anything not hearing from God has nothing to do with God's presence with you or the lack thereof that's free and so after a lot of speaking uh, after a lot of speaking we, we read this in Exodus chapter 31 when he, God, finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he, God, gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. I mean, it's just, just amazing. It's an amazing moment, this whole scene. The fire and the tablets. and, and, and One of the most incredible moments in the Bible. A, a day to remember that the written word of God isn't just the words of Moses or Paul or Peter or Jeremiah, but that God is part of the writing of this book, that these are the words of God, of God. 
Incredible, incredible. So on Pentecost, we are celebrating the wonder of God himself writing the Ten Commandments, and we're also celebrating normal people given the written word of God from heaven. That's one of the things we're celebrating today. We got the word of God from heaven. Normal people get the word of God from, from heaven. So incredible. We're celebrating forever. I love this book. I hope you love this book. The written word of God. We're celebrating on this day forever. But then about 1,500 years later, just 50 days after Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead, on that same exact day that God had set aside and commanded Moses' generation and, and forever to be remembered, that specific day, on that exact day, Acts chapter 2 happened. And the Holy of Holies temple presence of God moved out of the temple of Jerusalem and into people. One of the things we're celebrating today is we're celebrating the wonder of God moving his holy of holies temple presence into people. This is amazing. Moving his temple presence into people. Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians 3, do you not know that you are God's temple? and that God's spirit dwells in you. You are God's temple. This is an extraordinary thing. If you want to understand Acts chapter 2, if you want to peel back the, the spiritual curtain about what's going on, and we, we read in Acts chapter 2, it sounded like this, it looked like this, and this is kind of what was happening. If you want to see the spiritual, see, see Acts chapter 2, um, kind of the behind-the-scenes view of it, what you want to do is you want to read Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10. While you're at it, might as well read all the first 10 chapters there, but definitely chapters 1 and chapter 10, and you, you will see exactly what is taking place on Acts chapter 2. Ezekiel sees this vision and what he sees is what happens when God's holy of holy temple presence first of all what it looks like and what then what it's like when it's on the move either moving into the temple or moving out of a temple and in that you see uh, Ezekiel writes about these four living creatures these angelic living creatures that that are around the throne of god and the, the the throne is up high and and you you there you get the descriptions of them and when god's temple presence is on the move these mighty living creatures they start moving their wings and the sound of the wings is this sound of this loud rushing wind this loud wind sound the sound of these angel wings and you get in the, in ezekiel the the, the temple you get a look up high up there is the, the throne the temple presence of God and then underneath the throne between these living creatures is, a, is an altar uh, a, a, an altar with fire bits in it with um with coals, coals, flaming coals, and they're kind of moving around. They're kind of moving around there, and, and um, it's, you get a sense, and you get to see like what what these fire bits are, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's amazing. Give it a read. It's also interesting to know that in Jesus's day, in the temple on Pentecost morning, part of the regular liturgy read on that morning was Ezekiel chapter one and ten. It was definitely in the minds of people right before Acts chapter two happened. And in Acts chapter 2, this is what we read, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven. Four living creatures on the move. 
and it filled the whole house where they were saying, and tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them. Oh, I know what they were. Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 10. Appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking different languages as the Spirit gave them ability, ability to speak. It's not just that the Holy Spirit filled believers on Pentecost Sunday. But the, the very holy of holies, temple presence of God, described throughout the Bible, described in Ezekiel and, and other places, moved out of the temple, built out of bricks, and into people. Into people. And in this moment, the church was born. The church wasn't born when the Holy Spirit would come upon people in the Old Testament. It was born when the temple, holy, holy temple presence permanently moved into people, making them God's temple. A new kind of person was born on that day. Paul calls us new creations. He calls us new creations. When, when God permanently moved into people, and we were filled with the Holy Spirit. We were no longer just normal people anymore, normal people who know about God and who know about his laws and we, normal people who have received his commandments, but we have now become a new creation people, a kind of new being that, that houses the temple presence of God forever. And in the Old Testament, we're celebrating normal people given the written word of God from heaven. In the New Testament, we're celebrating new creation people given the heart and spirit of God of the God of heaven celebrating a new creation people being given the heart and, and spirit of the living God in heaven and this new creation person filled with the spirit of God is that, that that's not just for the disciples Peter James John and friends it's for everyone everyone and Peter says in Acts chapter 2 when he's preaching he says he says, sorry, Naomi's microphone. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just the good people, even you crucifiers of Jesus out there, even you Pharisees out there, even you, you Sadducees out there, everyone, anybody, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, no matter what they've done, will be saved. So today is a day to feast, and we will. And it's good. I previewed we're gonna feast it's a day to celebrate it's a day to rejoice it's a day to rejoice it's a day for special free will offerings it's a day to celebrate the wonder of God writing the the written word of God writing the Ten Commandments it's a day to celebrate normal people given the written word of God from heaven it's a day to celebrate the wonder of God moving his holy 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 of holies temple presence into people and it's a day to celebrate new creation people given this this the heart and spirit of the God of heaven but it's also a day to repent it's also a day to be baptized for those who have repented to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins it's a day for the receiving of the gift of the Holy Spirit for all who believe as we get to the end of Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost on this day all those years ago in verse 37 um, Peter had just finished preaching and, and it said when they heard this they came under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles brothers what must we do 
Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. Some challenges for today. Challenges for today are these. Stay and celebrate. Celebrate with us. This is not the hardest challenge that I've ever thrown out there. Free food. Try and smile. Try and celebrate. Let's try and practice rejoicing. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. You have the ability. I give you permission if someone's being grouchy and mopey to just be like, rejoice, bozo, or whatever. Whatever you want to, however you want to do that. Uh, you call them bozo. Bonus point. I'll give you a bonus point or just for, for that. Don't call names. It's not good. Anyways, so uh, uh, re- stay and celebrate with us, first of all. Secondly, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, Repent. Repent. Today's a day to repent and believe and give your life to Jesus to him. I'll, I'll, I'll work, uh, I'll talk you through that in just a moment. Also, if you've been off track with your life, today is a day to repent and to say, Jesus, I've been off track and return to the Father with arms open wide to return and be received and to be saved. Thirdly, if you have given your life to Jesus, but you haven't been baptized yet, do it. Do it. Shagan's right here. Um, there's other elders around here somewhere. David Crawford is back over there. And Dave Fleck is over here somewhere. There we go. Um, we're going to do some, a couple baptisms in just a few moments after the next worship set. Uh, you don't have a lot of time, but you could talk to one of those three guys. Um, may, maybe one of them will be in the hallway, back hallway, just in case. And, and what they're going to want to know from you is, have you given your life to Jesus? Then, then you can get baptized uh, today, if, if that's the case. I, I know that you don't have a change of clothes, but there's worse things. You can also plead with Laura to set up the baptism at another time. Very easy to do. Apparently, you just turn on the tap, right? Uh, the, the, the fourth thing about today is special offerings. There is a QR code. You've got it on your bank details thing. Um, good, luck, good luck giving it a go. Um, what I just did is I open up, you know, I got my phone, so iPhones, I don't know how it is with um, anything not iPhone. Who, uh, yeah, blessings for all those who don't have them. Just kind of turn on my camera app, and I just shine it on the QR code, and it says open bit.do link. Yeah, I'll do that. And then, oh, thumbprint. Oh, it is. It still works for me. And then you got these things. Um, I'm just going to leave it open like that. Apparently, it's not working at the moment, but I'll remember next time I... I open up the phone. Take these home with you. You can, you can use these. Just to give a, a special offering um, here on Pentecost sun, Sunday, going to the renovation of the offices and things that, and if there's extra, we're going to be working on putting that towards launching Rehope Royston. Just a special time. It's a free will offering. It's not, n- no pressure, um, but it's just a, a time to respond to God that way. Every Pente- Pentecost, we plan on having a special offering.